The 3-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. Hudson gets him. Throws his glove towards his teammates as they race out of the dugout. And the celebration begins for the Washington Nationals as they come together in a cluster on the infield. This improbable story from mid-May on as the Nationals overcame a dreadful start to the season, got hot, and just continued right on through the postseason. And for the first time ever, the Washington Nationals are World Series champions. So we talked about this yesterday, and, and I honestly did not have a feel. I got bullied into a prediction by Will Null. At least it was right. So, hey, for all those texters who are like, oh, I'm going to put money on the Astros. No, nah, you guys can beat it. Anyway, I uh, yeah, I got bullied into saying, okay, I'll take the Nationals to win. But all I knew, I had no feel about how last night was going to go, Game 7 of the World Series. All I was pretty confident in was that it was going to be another dramatic and edge-of-your-seat, nerve-wracking game. And once again, that's exactly what we saw. There are the Astros dominating for six innings. Hits were, what, 9-1? It was 2-0. Yeah, the Astros were leaving guys on base. You're like, okay, well, uh, that could come back to bite them. But if they keep on going like this, they're probably in good shape. And then, boom, solo shot, boom, two-run shot, game completely different. And once it was 3-2, even at a one-goal uh, one game, one-run game, uh, it felt like that was a game that was too far gone for Houston, not because of what the Astros are, but more because of what the Nationals have done. Another comeback in what has turned into one of the most resilient runs to a World Series title that I can remember. Um, yeah, so the if you were to just wake up and take a look at the score today and see 6-2, You'd probably say, oh, it was a lopsided game, no drama. You'd be wrong because that was another extremely entertaining game with wild swings of momentum and wild swings of emotion. Uh, that was awesome stuff last wild night. Wild thing. No, sorry, wrong one. My bad. Bad song. Um, but I, I just, I, I, I thought it was another great game. What I, I thoroughly enjoyed this World Series and good on the Washington Nationals. Tip of the cap for another title in Washington, D.C., this time in baseball. That was awesome stuff last night. Yeah, and you see Ovechkin was celebrating like he won again, the champagne bottle, and he was uh, going all out. I can only imagine he'll probably join the party for a day or two. Not sure what the cap schedule is in the next few days, but very similar story, too, with both franchises, which is weird that they both get to the top of the mountain at the same time. Of course, the Capitals kept running into Pittsburgh, couldn't get over that hump. The Nationals couldn't get by the first round of the baseball playoffs, and they both break through in the same year in 2019. So something special going on in D.C., but, yeah, congratulations to the Nationals. And um, certainly when you look at uh, who's been there forever, I just love that post-game interview with Ryan Zimmerman, who was the first ever draft pick in franchise history. and five uh, years old. Was there forever and through some really, really lean years, those early years in Washington, and then to uh, see them climb the top of the mountain with him still there. And not only still there, but him, who are you banging on the window for? Sorry. Who, Somebody who, was who's there? Walking through the lobby. Who is it? Swearing at me. Um, You're not going to tell us who it is? It was, it was our friend Ashley. She was giving me the middle finger, so I was slamming back in the window. Apologies. Continue your line of thought. Well, no, it's just very distracting. I know. I apologize for that. Um, just good for the Nationals to get to the top of the mountain. Pillow talk with Will and Pat well, here. You ruined, the, you ruined it, Pat. 
Well, it just shows me. It just shows me you were not listening to me. In fa- no, I was definitely listening. No. In fairness, the amount of times you intentionally try to distract me for the one time that I accidentally distracted you, I feel like it might be payback. The amount of things that Will says that you can't hear on the radio in I my don't know ear. What you're ta- you have no evidence to- of this ever happening. <laughs> you're right. I don't. All I can all I can do is say the amount of things that Will says to me in my ear that you can't hear on the air. Uh, a, if you could hear him on the air, he'd probably be fired. Uh, and B, which would be really bad timing, knowing uh, that it's a big opportunity for Will. But B, um, he does a pretty good job of uh, trying to distract me. I would say what one in ten you get me. Like that's pretty no, good. I don't really get you that often, to be honest. There are a couple times when you do, and it, it's like if you're really vile in what you're saying in my ear, then I'm usually okay. But if it's like offbeat and and just like completely random, you usually get me. So. Um, you know, the, the coolest thing for me was... And yes, thanks to the text line, the Blues won in 2019. But my point still... His stands. point remains. Like it was, it's been, what, a year and a half, and there's been two titles in Washington, D.C., a place that you don't usually get titles. You get... Title Town, USA, well, I was baby! Gonna say, hey, Boston, you're no longer Title Town. I'm giving that award to Washington. Yes! Get out of here, Boston. Nobody likes you. Um... Anthony Rendon again, Howie Kendrick again, heroes in a huge game. They they did it in game five against the Dodgers. They do it in game seven against the Astros. We can get into A.J. Hinch's managing decisions. We can get into whether or not he uh, should have made the decision to bring Granke out and how they could have gone about their business. But I just really enjoyed that game. I really enjoyed the drama and I'm really excited uh, for that Washington team. It was just a lot of fun to see that game play out. Can you remember, not, maybe not in sports, but just a run to the World Series, that type of resiliency and that type of ability to stare down adversity time and time and time again, even where like they started with 18 wins in their first almost 50 games. Um, they were well below 500. They had to go on that ridiculous run in the final month just to get there. And then obviously 5-0 and in elimination games en route to a World Series. I just can't remember a team that, that gave the middle finger to adversity on en route to a title m- kind of like the Nationals did. Yeah, and I'll kind of bring it full circle. I, I mentioned the Nationals and the Capitals both winning in 2019, which is actually wrong. But the NHL winner had some similarities to the Nationals in 2019. The Blues were dead last at midseason. The Nationals were 12 games below 500, 50 games into the year. I know they had you know, over 100 games to, to write that ship. But still, you know, they, they had questions about their manager, if they should fire him. And, and is this a team that can even do something? Their bullpen was the worst in baseball, ends up being one of the best in October. So um, it's it's pretty crazy when you think about how this thing came to be for the Nationals, and including the offseason, where obviously didn't turn out to be a massive loss, but they lose Bryce Harper, who was a face of the franchise for a long, long time. And um, it turns out that it doesn't even matter because they get to the top of the mountain without him there. And um, What's Bryce Harper thinking pretty cool. today? Uh, who cares? <laughs> no, but seriously, like, is, he, is he waking up saying, mm, could have been there if I would have just... They were... Here's the thing, though. I mean, he does have Do... hundreds of millions of Here's dollars, the thing, so it's though. a little easier to suck it up. But still... Wasn't was was he well? What was he a big part of why they didn't win? Like, you kind of got to think about it, right? Well, I mean, I mean, when you're certainly knowing his diminishing returns over the last what two years or so, yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know if he brought them down, but I don't know if he was pushing them forward a big way. And and when you're committing the type of dollars that you would have had to commit to Harper to keep him there, 
yeah, I think you make an interesting point. Like, and I, I've thought the same thing. Like, could they have done this if they kept Bryce Harper? Would they have been able to do the same thing? And we'll never know, but I certainly have had those thoughts go through my mind. There's no doubt about it. Um, now, we like to do this in big moments. There wasn't a walk-off home run. There wasn't a... Um, a huge kind of defining moment of this game. But we like to uh, go on an audio tour. We played uh, Dan Shulman, the uh, national radio voice coming in, and and his call of the Nationals winning the World Series. Will and I have been scouring the Internet trying to find uh, the Houston Astros call for it. We haven't been able to find that yet. We do have a couple of others, though. This is uh, Joe Buck. This is how it was heard uh, coast-to-coast on television last night on Fox. Mike Rizzo, the general manager. Dave Martinez, the field manager. Here they are, one strike away, one out away. 3 2. Here it is! The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. I can't believe there was a time when I was pettier and younger and less mature, but I can't believe there was a time that I didn't appreciate Joe Buck. There was a time when I, I was like, this guy sucks, and Joe Buck is awesome that guy is one of the elite in uh in the history of that profession uh and and he brings drama to moments that only a select few human beings have the capable of doing so another incredible job by joe buck yesterday uh good on him that was joe on the fox call this was home radio for the washington nationals first time in more than 50 years that franchise has won a title dating back to their time in montreal and now in washington here's how it sounded on nationals home radio the kick in here it comes swag and a miss swag and a miss swag and a miss And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. Curly W in the books. I I still thought it was so cool a couple of weeks ago when, I guess it would have been a week and a half ago, when, or maybe it was just, yeah, a week and a half ago, when the Capitals were through town and the World Series is just getting started and the Caps all had the Washington Curly W uh, on their lockers. Uh, Every name bar had the national symbol on it, which I thought was really cool. Don't know if I mentioned this on the air. I think I mentioned it to you guys in the hot stove lounge after I was in the Capitol locker room post game, but that was night, that was, that night was game one of the World Series and uh, I was... Standing in the Capitals locker room as they watched the final two outs and were cheering like they were actually in the game. And in oh, the they were watching so, it in the locker room. Oh, it was unreal. That's yeah, awesome. It was cool, and uh, they celebrated like crazy after Doolittle got the final out to win Game One. So uh, it was cool to see, and I can only imagine. Like I mentioned, if you looked on his Instagram yesterday, uh, Alexander Ovechkin was jumping up and down in a an establishment wherever they were with a bottle of champagne. So he's happy. If only Ovechkin could be a little more likable, you know? Like, if only... This guy's awesome. Yesterday, um, like, pouring... Or, what is it, two days ago, was crushing the Leafs for not playing the right way. And Did you see those comments? Yeah, sure did. Yeah. So, again, likable. Likable. Yeah. Uh, on the text line for Glenn Morati, 960-960. Man, I hate hearing world champions. When the world plays that stupid game, then maybe. Big baseball fan. Somebody else will watch Get some it. beers. Get some whatever. <laughs> Start celebrating with the Stanley Cup champions, Washington Capitals, baby! Woo! Washington World Champions. What other countries competed? That's from Tim. Um, I don't. I don't like. Yeah, the World Champions. Like, is it, don't get so hung up on whether you called the the World Series. What they call it. Let it be. Um, 
I'm with you, Pat. I hated Joe Buck at first. I think I started liking him more when he started calling football, and now I really enjoy him in any sport. I just think he's the best. And I, I, I think that, uh, you know, when you become a little less petty as you grow up, that was a big thing for me. Um, if you ever get a chance to go watch the Washington Nationals live, I highly recommend it. Great atmosphere, great stadium. Uh, what else we got here at 960-960? Uh, <laughs> this is from a guy in Edmonton. I like it. Hey, Washington, we have some crappy wooden city of champions sign for sale. Yeah, I think it's probably time for Edmonton to relinquish that. I mean, I think there is a... I don't know if they're up anymore, are they? I, I don't know. The last time... I, I, try, I try to block out every time I drive into Edmonton. Like I try to, like, I try to like, let's just completely remove this from my memory so I don't have to remember being here. Um, they still have the big oil thing there. I don't know if it still says City of Champions, but um, there is a statute of limitations on it, though. I do believe that. Uh, this on uh, Bryce Harper, uh, because uh, obviously Bryce is now uh, not a member of the Nationals and thus not a world champion. Uh, Bryce is waking up counting his millions. Probably hurts a little today, but he can just go buy a house or something to get over it. It's true. I mean, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars that he sleeps on every day probably helps him a little bit welcome to the steinberg show happy thursday congratulations to the washington nationals my name is pat his name is will we're underway from our basement systems downtown studio uh it is a flames game day calgary nashville six o'clock tonight from bridgestone arena sportsnet west sportsnet 960 the fan our warm-up show flames pregame gets going at 5 p.m tonight here's what we can tell you about the lineup tonight a uh, little bit of a surprise when uh, you saw this trickle through. The Flames are reverting to old familiar when it comes to their forward lines. That means Sean Monahan, Johnny Gaudreau, and Elias Lindholm are reunited tonight. Michael Backlund back with Matthew Kachuk and Michael Froelich. You'll see Derek Ryan between Andrew Mangiapane and Sam Bennett. And finally, Mark Jankowski with Milan Lucic and Alan Quine on the back. Jordano Brody, Hannafin Hamannick, Shillington Anderson, Riddick and Nett. He'll go up against Pekka Rene of the Predators. And so they're reuniting the top line. They're moving Lindholm back to the wing. And it did not take long, Mr. Nault. I'm not surprised it happened. I'm just surprised that it happened so quickly. Only two games, and they revert right back to where they were. Uh, and everything we were led to believe by the coach was that if they were going to do this, this is going to be a long-term thing. And that's not the way it's going to go. Here's Bill Peters on why he's making the change tonight. We're going to put Janko back in. And then uh, to do that, we don't uh, have enough room for Lindy to be in the middle. So that's the easiest thing to do. And it's a chance for them to get back together and start uh, being productive. And fair enough, I guess. But I actually really liked the way things were trending with Lindholm in the middle. And Personally, I was hoping they were going to stick with that for a little bit of a longer look because I don't know if two games and one of them played in weird conditions in an outdoor game. I don't know if two games is enough to truly know what you have. I think I think it's probably enough to know what you have with Lindholm because I think that guy can play center. I think that guy can play number one center in this league. But what I don't know if you have a full understanding on, Will, is is what Monaghan can be away from Gaudreau and away from Lindholm. And, and you know, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more time playing out. And I'm fully aware that the coaching staff is uh, very uninterested in what my opinion is or what your opinion is. But that I, I really like the way things were shaping up there. And I was I was exceeded, excited rather to see that continue and to see how that continued to play out. I did like what I saw. The only problem, Pat, is the last... I mean, again, the outdoor game really hard to judge, so maybe you would have liked to see it for one more game. But the problem is there's not a lot of depth outside of that top line. And part of that is the, you know, somewhat 
lackluster play at times from Monaghan. Um, you know, you saw the the lack of depth, I guess, on the wing and, and, you know, putting guys in spots where they're not used to playing, i.e. Alan Quine in the second line. Um, so there was just a little bit too much there at work. And, and as you heard there from Bill Peters, I guess he did want to put Mark Jankowski back in. So I guess mm-hmm. you can see it. Um, but I think a lot of it was just not a long-term fix right now for this team. And the other part of it is they're not really in a spot where they can allow things to just play out. They're 500. They haven't been playing very good hockey. Um, they need their top guys to kind of dig them out of this hole. And, and um, unfortunately, through 14 games right now, it just hasn't been really working. I think Lou had the stat on Hockey Central at noon during his hit. If you go all the way back to last season, in his last 31 games, do you know how many multi-point games Johnny Gaudreau has? Uh, last 31? Um, I will say two. Three. Three? Yeah. He's Not got a lot three. for a guy like that. No. So uh, you need your top guys to dig you out of it. And... This is usually when those top guys do it. As you heard in that clip from from Bill Peters, it's time for them to be productive. Is that going to happen tonight? I guess we'll find out. But I think there was just too much uh, too much manpower on one line, Patty, when you had that uh, further combination. And again, if they were, you know, um, you know, not five hundred, not six six and two going into this game, I think they could continue the experiment. But um, they're not at a time where they can allow things to kind of continue to get away from them. We are underway. By the way, our text line is brought to you by Glenmore Audi. It's time to fall for Audi. Get savings up to $6,500 with lease and finance rates starting at just 1.9%. Visit glenmoreaudi.com to learn more. Before we hit the break, uh, and, and I know that we've all been having a uh, big on smoochy fest kumbaya session on Twitter, but uh, I do, I do want to. <laughs> yeah, you yep. should. I do, uh, I do want to say. A couple of things. Uh, there is uh, some change going on at the radio station, uh, and there is some change going on with uh, our afternoon show. So first of all, uh, I want to say congratulations to you, Will. Uh, you are moving on to the morning show starting tomorrow, and really starting on Monday. Uh, so Will is moving to Boomer in the morning. He's going to join Boomer and the rotating group of co-hosts that we've got going on right now. Uh, so congratulations to Will. And just just between us friends here, uh, yeah, this is a, a big step. It's it's. I don't want to tell stories or tell tales out of school, but this is full-time work for my boy, Will. This guy has been grinding, grinding, grinding for the last half decade. I, I know very few people in this industry who work as hard as you do, my man. Uh, the, the long days that you put in here, you take the train down to the dome, you report, you stay there, you listen, and you try to get as much out of every time you're in that building as you possibly can. Uh, you do an incredible job on the board here. Uh, I don't know a more tight or better sounding show production-wise in sports radio anywhere. Uh, so it's it's going to be a loss uh, with Will going to the morning show, and it is a huge gain for the morning show in that respect. So first of all, tip of the hat to you, Mr. Nald. Uh, you are one of the two guys that I have worked it just personally. It's not all about me, and I'm not trying to make it all about me at all. Uh, all I can say is, for me personally, two guys I have worked most side-by-side with, Rob Kerr and you, and uh, it's it's going to be really strange not having you having you here. But I am uh, I honestly am so happy for you, pal. Well, as I put on Twitter, Pat, I remember the first day I came in that old crappy 
ridiculously bad building in the Northeast. And I sat in Kirsch's office, got an internship out of school. And I remember walking into the studio. You were the first, one of the first few guys he introduced me to. And haven't really uh, been able to shake you since. So, so congratulations um, on shaking. Yeah, finally, no longer going to be working with you. I don't have to see your face anymore, which is good. Um, but all kidding aside, I've uh, learned a ton. Uh, nobody preps harder than Pat, and he's passed that along to me. It's a great trait to have in this business because, as we found out with a couple of people that we've joked on with you know, live shows and whatnot, not really the easiest gig to sit here and talk for as long as we do. So um, I've learned a lot from you know everyone that's been here. Obviously, Rob has, has been a huge part of that too, and uh, the three of us worked together for a long, long time. Um, it's been fun with you and Ryan, but, uh, yes, my alarm clock is now set for – 3 a.m. daily, and uh, I'll still be hanging out at the rink every once in a while, but uh, it's a, a big move, and uh, I know this show will be in great hands with Mr. Klein. So here's, if and if you're wondering why the shuffle, here's what I can tell you. Uh, first of all, we needed to get Will full-time hours, and what I mean by that is we needed to get him full-time hours. We needed to get benefits. We needed him to get paid holiday. Like He was grinding, 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 and now he's got that. So that is huge, and I'm so happy. So to do that, there are a couple of things. I think that uh, – so here's the other part of the uh, piece of information is we'll kind of tease there. Uh, Peter Klein will be joining Pinder and I on afternoons as the third member of the show and our producer, and I am so jacked to have Kleiner as part of it. Uh, just overall, from a fit perspective in terms of uh, – uh, in terms of salaries, in terms of just everything that could, we're, we're a very skeleton staff here, and sometimes Kirsch needs to um, shuffle things to make everything work under a very tight budget and with a very very small amount of human beings. If you take a look at our station compared to any other sports radio station in this country, we are far more of a skeleton staff, and it is far more difficult for us to to do things. So everybody has to give a little bit more, and sometimes creative shuffling has to go on. So we, we are so happy to welcome Peter Klein to this program. I've known Kleiner for the last decade. I, I can't believe it's been 10 years since I've known Klein. Uh, this guy, much like Will, grinds. This guy grinds hard. His sports knowledge is unrivaled. I don't know anybody on the planet who has a better and wider knowledge. And we're not just talking about periphery knowledge. Like I can tell you a little, I know who the prime minister is, and I, I can tell you a little bit about some things. When it comes to sports, nobody hits the spectrum better than Peter Klein. He can talk high level about baseball, mixed martial arts. You, you want to ask him about international rugby, he's going to know that. You want to talk to him about tennis, he's got, like this guy is as dialed in on every sport as you could possibly find. He's going to keep Pinder and I honest the same way Will has kept us honest the last year and a half. Uh, so I'm so jacked to have Peter Klein as part and he's of good this, at, so. like, really hard names. And I'm, I'm really hoping I get this right. Joanna Jacek. Hey, you're good. You're actually good. Are you Thank Polish? You. She asked if, you, if he's Polish. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe Klein's a Polish last name. Hey, you're good. You're actually good. Are you Thank Polish? You. Um, I think I get this right. Joanna Jacek. Guys, guys, good at good names or tough names. Uh, and last but not least, I, I, this has not been necessarily made public, but I just wanted to give a tip of the hat to Maddie Rose as well. Maddie, who has also been such a huge part of what we do on this station, he's still with us, but has uh, also stepped into a full time role uh, producing mornings on Jack FM, one of our sister stations here in the building. And I'm so happy for Maddie as well because Matt. The, the three things that Will, Klein, and Matt have in common, because personality-wise, they might be the three most different human beings on the planet, but there's one thing that binds these three together. These guys grind their 
tails off. And Maddie's done the same thing with the Stamps report, what he's doing in our second intermissions with Flames 40 after 40. Nobody reports better in this city than Maddie does. What he's done with the Stampeders report is second to none. He's still doing that stuff, but Maddie has moved on to a full-time role at Jack FM, so that's his number one priority. So you'll be hearing Maddie Rose a little less on this station. Maddie Rose well. is here. Hi, Maddie. Oh, hey. Yep, Maddie's awkward as usual. Still awkward, but awesome. So, congrats to Will. Congrats to Klein. Congrats to Maddie. Just thought I'd throw that out there. There's your show news and your station news. And now you've got it all for you so you can stop asking questions. Would you like to win some money this weekend? Chris Abbott from Odd Shark would like that too. He's our guest next. It's the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Steinberg Show brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase a Tiguan and you can get up to $2,500 cash purchase bonus and no charge on winter tires. FifthAvVW.com. It's a Thursday, which means our weekly chat with Chris Abbott from Odd Shark at oddshark.net. Welcome back to the Steinberg Show. My name is Pat Steinberg. Mr. Abbott, welcome to the program. How are you, pal? I'm doing great, Pat. How are you doing today, I'm man? I'm good, man. I'm good. And I, I see we were doing a little texting earlier. I see we've got lots of NFL games to hone in on, plus some NHL stuff to potentially get some of our listeners to win some money on. Let's start. Uh, let's start with the Thursday nighter as week nine starts tonight in Arizona. The Cardinals at home to San Fran. Uh, depends where you look, but uh, most books have San Fran favored by 10 and a half on the road tonight. Yeah, 10, 10 and a half. And it's, I've looked at this kind of every which way and I've tried to fade the 49ers already this season and that hasn't worked out. So I think I would lay the 10 points here with San Francisco. I think one of the things people need to watch out for Arizona's record, while it's three, four, and one, and they are five and three against the spread, the teams they had success against, um, not great football teams at all, right? They've got the Giants, the Falcons, and the Bengals. They have big losses to New Orleans and Seattle and Carolina, and that's kind of the the realm that the 49ers are in. So I think I'd have to go with the 49ers on this one. Okay, so that's Thursday night. Uh, San Fran, depending on where you can find him, 10 and 10 and a half is where Mr. Abbott is leaning. Uh, let's move to Sunday where Green Bay and the L.A. Chargers playing in L.A. Uh, Packers favored by three and a half. Yeah, and I think this is going to go to four or four and a half before kickoff. Remember when Pittsburgh played the Chargers in L.A. a couple of weeks ago? It was basically a Pittsburgh Steelers home game. Um, I think we're going to see that again this week. I mean, the Packers are one of these nationally uh, followed teams. The Chargers don't have a home. They don't really have a home fan base. So I think this is going to be more of a home game for the Packers. When you take all that out of it anyway, Green Bay 6-2 and two against the spread, 7-1 and one, um, straight up this year. They, they could be contending for an NFC title, whereas the Chargers have only covered two spreads this season. They've been very disappointing, especially late in games. Um, so I think Green Bay has this one in the back. Uh, Indy and Pittsburgh. Depends where you look. Like, this is a tiny line. I've seen Pickums. I've seen Indy favored by one. I've seen Indy favored by one and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. What uh, What are you looking at, and, and what is your analysis there? I'm a little bit surprised this is as close as it is, Pat, to be honest with you. The Colts come in 5-2, and 4-2-1 and one against the spread against the Steelers team that, um, you know, they, they got away with one against Miami despite, you know, some sloppy, sloppy play on Monday night. So you're getting the Steelers who have lots of question marks, lots of injuries on a short week, and an Indianapolis team that's been really, really good, especially when T.Y. Hilton's been healthy. Um, I'm going to ride this Indianapolis thing as long as I can. They're 5-1 and one 
In their last six games, they've won shootouts. They've won close games like the one in Denver where they found a way to win last week. So uh, I think this Indianapolis team's getting a little bit undervalued here. Where where are we? Like some sites don't even list Minnesota, Kansas City right now. Uh, what are you seeing there? It looks like this one is a straight up pick'em most books. Yeah, this one's off the board at a lot of places, and that's obviously because we don't know the status of Patrick Mahomes. So sports books aren't really willing to uh, to play that risk, as it were. But um, I will say, like I do play in the circa million contest in Vegas, and they have to send out line. Uh, the line that they sent for this game was the home team, the Chiefs, at minus two. So that leads me to believe that they think that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. I don't know that he will, and I don't know if it would matter in this one. The Vikings have been really, really good. They're six and two. They're five and three against the spread. The pass game has been outstanding. Yeah, even without Adam Thielen there, I think they'll take advantage of this Kansas City secondary. Um, Minnesota, I think, getting a, a little bit undervalued, uh, even if Patrick Mahomes is in the lineup. And if he's not, then I think they walk away with this one. So I'm going to go with Minnesota here. I think Kansas City, um, their tricks have been figured out by the by the rest of the league. And uh, I, I like the way uh, this season's going for Minnesota. And finally, Cleveland on the road in Denver. What are you seeing there? First thing I'd want to do in this game is bet lots and lots of turnovers. Like I would want to bet a, an interception or two for Baker. I'd want to probably bet an interception or two for Joe Flacco or whoever's starting that quarterback for Denver. It's a pretty ugly game, but I think um, what we'll see here is that Cleveland's defensive line should really, really eat up Denver's offensive line. And while Cleveland isn't really ready to compete with the big boys yet, they've shown that they're able to handle their business with uh, kind of kind of lower-end teams, which uh, Denver really is for me. So um, I know I've been uh, really big on the favorites here so far in this uh, chat, but I think I like Cleveland to cover the spread. Um, I think their recent results are, are keeping this line maybe a little lower than it should be. And uh, Denver just can't score points. So I think Cleveland's defense is going to look pretty good here. Um, kind of the way they did when they played Baltimore. Chris Abbott is with us from Odd Shark. There's your Week 9 NFL story. Uh, let's move to the NHL. You've been following these trends fairly regularly. You talked to this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Buffalo has been the NHL's most profitable team if you're betting on them, and that, that really hasn't changed, has it? No, it hasn't. And I mean, early in the year, people are going to say, of course, they're the most profitable. They've been, uh, you know, they've been the best team. They're in first in their division and all these things. But as the season starts to kind of wear on and, and you, you say who's more profitable, it's because the line that they're getting uh, is more fair, whether they're the underdog or whether they're a slight favorite. So, you know, Buffalo is right there. Colorado is right there. And one that kind of surprised me, even though they've been on a bit of a run lately, the New York Islanders are the third most profitable team to bet on huh. in the NHL. So, uh, you know, if you can get yourself a, a decent-looking line on the Islanders, they're finding a way to win games. Like tomorrow night, they're plus 105 at home to Tampa. You're going to see money come in on Tampa there. But, I mean, the Lightning have been have been hit or miss. And when the, when the Lightning are forced to play low-scoring games, that can be a little tough on them. So I'm not saying it's a great play, but I'm saying it's reasons like that that the New York Islanders are a profitable team to bet on. Now, what about the other side of it? New Jersey leads the way for the least profitable teams? Yeah, New Jersey, uh, San Jose, Minnesota, Chicago, they've been great teams to bet against. And like I said, it, it's uh, its kind of, you know, we know New Jersey's struggling. It's early in the year. But, again, they're a favorite at home against Philadelphia on Friday night. Um, 
Phil, you know, the, this it's just, it should be an evenly matched game. But if you're asking to, uh, you know, lose 25 cents on the dollar to bet on New Jersey, it might be a, a better look to uh, go with the road team from Philadelphia. So who else, who else are the non-profitable teams that you've been seeing? Uh, like I said, Minnesota, Chicago, San Jose. Um, uh, you know, your Calgary Flames aren't as profitable as they should be. But what I'd say to that is if, the, if there's a team that you think is going to turn it around, like we're, we're pretty sure Calgary's going to be fine. We're pretty sure San Jose is going to turn things around here. Um, I would look for these teams to bet on them to get kind of a better number, maybe one that's a little more um, generous than it should be. And with New Jersey, until they turned it around, I'd be betting against them at every opportunity. Interesting. Um, things seem to be a little bit of a, a mess there. Mackenzie Blackwood is going to be a good goalie in the league, but consistency will be an issue for him right now. So I'd cons- continue to bet against New Jersey. Um, they're not making anyone money, so always good to be on the other side of that. So you've got you've got a theory. Now, is that is that the theory that you're working on in the NHL? Because you, you, uh, you floated that. You said you have a theory on the NHL right now. Yeah, and I mean, I can't even take credit for this. There's a guy who uh, also does some work for Odd Shark. His name is Harry Gagnon. Uh, people who know sports betting would probably know Harry as part of uh, Cousin Sal's Degenerate Trifecta. They do a podcast over on the Ringer Network. But Harry's got this NHL theory. And when he floated it to me, because, see, Harry lives in Arizona. He's a Coyote season ticket holder. Um, you know, he's from upstate New York. I'm like, okay, you, you claim to know hockey better than us Canadians. Sure, let's hear it. And he goes, I have a theory about totals. And his theory is any time any one of these six teams play each other, the total is going to go over. And the six teams are Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Columbus. And it's really, really huh. odd. But he's been tracking this for a couple of years. So far, there's been seven games amongst those teams, you know, round robin kind of thing. Uh, six and one. The, the over is hit six out of the seven times. Toronto's in Philadelphia Saturday night, so if you're looking for uh, for a tip, that's uh, that's one that one. Bleh, excuse me, that's one that I'm going to play. That's really interesting, actually. I'd never thought of that. That's a very. I'm going to keep my eye on that going forward. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah. Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Philly, Columbus. Anytime any of those two teams meet. And it's been uh, it's been great so far this year. Two final ones for you. First of all, uh, there are some interesting cup future bets out there right now, and it seems like they are varying from book to book. Yeah, Pat. So one of the things that Oddshark does a really good job of uh, the website, not the people who work for it, <laughs> but the website itself, it, it uh, accumulates all these Stanley Cup odds from different sports books. And I was looking at it today, getting ready to come talk to you, and it's it's a really important lesson for people not to just play at one sports book all the time it costs you nothing to open accounts at various ones and you will get different odds like at one sports book i'm looking at today i see toronto and tampa bay as co-favorites to win the stanley cup now i think that's a little bit of what they call a stale line i think that was preseason. i don't think it should be where they are right now so you wouldn't be getting the value that you deserve on those teams when i look at another book i see boston and colorado as co-favorites betting-wise, to win the Stanley Cup, and Tampa and Toronto are a little bit further back. And I think that's probably a little more uh, reflective of where it should be. So it changes from book to book. Obviously, long-term injuries uh, could cause the Colorado Avalanche some trouble this year. Um, So Boston is the betting favorite at one book, Tampa and Toronto the other. So really important to look around before you place any of these bets to see if you can get a better price that's more favorable to what you're thinking. And finally, 
There's been a lot of news surrounding Deadspin over the last 24, 48 hours, and it's uh, certainly made its rounds on social media. If it's news, that means Abbott can find a line on it. What do we have for uh, betting lines at Deadspin? Yeah, well, so far there's just one prop out, but there could be more coming in the next few days. I've actually got to write an article on that for Oddshark uh, tonight, so keep an eye out for that. But the the line says, will Deadspin still exist in 2020? So after December 31st, 2019, will it still be in operation? Yes is uh, minus 800 now. It was minus 1,000. So we're seeing a ton of betting action come in on no, which was plus 500. It's coming down closer I think it's around plus 450 right now. So we are seeing people bet on this, which is absolutely crazy. But you can bet on whether or not Deadspin will still be in operation. Good stuff, Mr. Abbott. As always, appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week. And don't forget, oddshark.net for all of your analysis. And they give it to you from all kinds of different sports books, which is an amazing tool. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you in a week. Great stuff, sir. Have a great evening. You too, pal. Chris Abbott from Odd Shark on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Same secret recipe since 1975 for pickup or delivery. Call 403-248-3344. Find them at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Steinberg Show continues next on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Steinberg Show, brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase an Atlas and you can get up to $4,000 bonus cash and no charge on winter tires. FifthAvVW.com. I encourage you to get to Winsport tomorrow, all day tomorrow at Winsport. Hockey helps the homeless from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m., all the proceeds staying in Calgary to help those in this city who need to get back on their feet. As we welcome you back to the program, I want to welcome in Ryan Bailey from Hockey Helps the Homeless because I can tell you about, hey, all day tomorrow at Winsport, 8 a.m. till 5 o'clock, but this gentleman's going to be able to tell you a whole lot more. Ryan, thank you for doing this. Tell us what's going on at Winsport tomorrow all day. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. So we've got a Pro-Am charity hockey tournament at Winsport. We've been in Calgary now over 10 years. We're going to raise a ton of money for four local homeless shelters, and we're doing so with the Calgary Flames alumni and a lot of community leaders in Calgary there that are stepping up and, and raising funds for this much-needed cause. So so what? So you're doing a, a pro-am. Is it one game? Is it a, an all-day thing? Tell me about what actually is, is happening on the ice. Yeah, so it's the full day. Every team in the tournament, we've got 20 teams this year. Oh, wow. so we're as big as we've ever been. Uh, two pros or one pro on a few teams per uh, team. We'll have about 30 Calgary Flame alumni out for the day. And each team plays three separate games. So through the course of the day, they'll play three games. And then it's capped off with a really nice dinner reception in the evening, a pro hot stove. So we get to hear about some of those stories from uh, from the pro days, playing days uh, with some of these guys, and it's just a lot of fun. A nice end to the to the day. Yeah, that is uh, that sounds like it will be a lot of fun, and that's the event itself. But and and it's huge. Here's what I didn't know about hockey helps the homeless. Okay, that's what's happening in Calgary. You roll 14 of these nationwide every year. That's right. Yeah. So we kicked off last week here in Ontario and we'll finish at the end or beginning of May in Edmonton. So we finished in Alberta as well and almost start our season in Alberta. 
but we'll do 14 events, two collegiate events, and then 12 pro-ams across the country, and we're expanding. So we'll see another six or so pro-ams launch in the next couple of years as well. Uh, nationally, we give away just shy of uh, $3 million last season, and we're looking to surpass that threshold this year. Well, and you've been in Calgary, as you said, for a decade, more than a million dollars raised in that decade, which, which is outstanding. Uh, and, and here in Calgary, it's important to note that all the money raised tomorrow for your tournament here is going to stay in Calgary. The four, uh, and right. I, I, love, I love the four that you are partnering up with, Habitat for Humanity, Southern Alberta, In From the Cold, Avenue 15, which is uh, an incredibly important thing for youth in this city, and YWCA Calgary. So every single penny that you raise, over $230,000 last year, for instance, stays in Calgary, right? That's right. Yeah, 100% of net proceeds. And the nice thing now that we uh, have been established as long as we have in Calgary and the companies that have stepped up to continue to support this event locally, they cover the tournament costs. So every dollar that we raise, every dollar that our players raise stays local and is divided equally amongst the four charities that we support. And that money makes a direct impact for those four organizations. We expect that we should net for each organization at least 60000 hopefully closer to seventy seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 each this year. It was uh, fifty-eight thousand each last year, which is right. outstanding stuff and and uh, really incredible work. So, uh, how can we find out more about Hockey Helps the Homeless, and how can uh, people get involved with what is a really really cool thing that you're doing, not just in Calgary but nationwide? Yeah, so find us at hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com. You can certainly find the Calgary event from there, or any other city across the country that you're interested in learning more about our fall event schedule we're fortunate to say is sold out but that's there's still the opportunity to come in support corporately support someone you know that's playing in the tournament come out and just watch the tournament on game day come out and see what we're all about that way there's volunteer opportunities across the country and of course if you play hockey there's tons of opportunities to lace them up and play as well it's really cool what you're doing. Uh, 10 years in Calgary, 14 tournaments nationwide this year. Tomorrow at Windsport, starting at 8 in the morning, all the way until 5 p.m. at night. It's Hockey Helps the Homeless here in Calgary. Go cheer on everybody playing. Flames alumni will be there. Uh, as you said, more than 30 Flames alumni will be in attendance at a bunch of people playing and fundraising and doing really good work. Uh, outstanding stuff, Ryan. I'm looking forward to it tomorrow. Good luck, and uh, thank you for helping out in the Calgary community. It, it goes a long way that's awesome stuff thank you thanks for having me it's ryan bailey from hockey helps the homeless which is tomorrow uh, at wind sports starting at 8 a.m and uh hey when you can help out ywca calgary avenue 15 which is li literally like it's it's a nine eight or nine block walk for me and and having having worked in some of these uh you know having having worked in some of the social services before and volunteered what Avenue 15 does in this city is huge. It's run by the Boys and Girls Club of Calgary. And what what Avenue 15 is able to do in terms of helping uh, teenagers who are down on their luck or there's been some family problems and giving them a place to stay and stay long-term is, is really important. Obviously, Habitat for Humanity, In From the Cold, YWCA Calgary, great stuff. Uh, 
Hockey helps the homeless tomorrow at Winsport. Uh, we did it yesterday, and uh, it's back next Wednesday. It's the Bo Show from 3 till 4 every Wednesday, brought to you by SML Entertainment. Get an instant saving of up to $1,000 off a new Utopia Series Spa or $500 off a new Paradise Series Spa. Visit smlentertainment.com. That'll do it for the Steinberg Show. It's a short pinder in Steinberg, but we have got a ton to talk about. The Nationals are World Series champs. Elias Lindholm is back on the wing already. Pinder and Steinberg kicks off next. Sportsnet 960, the fan. This Steinberg show brought to you by Fifth Avenue Auto House. It's Volksfest. Purchase a Tiguan and you can get up to $2,500 cash purchase bonus and no charge on winter tires. Fifth Avenue, VW.com.